The engine will start now. Disney Blue presents Disney On Demand. Those two kids are witches. Find them. Now from Walt Disney Productions, a motion picture of unearthly power. Escape to Witch Mountain. Well, hunted. You have power. Well, I want to be able to understand these powers. Their only hope is escape to Witch Mountain. Rated G. With your host, Jonathan Johnson. Hey there, all of you Disney fans, and welcome to another magical edition of Disney Blues Disney On Demand. I am your host, Jonathan Johnson, and this week we are traveling to outer space and Beverly Hills at the same time as we have the beautiful Kim Richards stopping in here this week. Kim, known to all of you Disney fans from Escape to Witch Mountain, Return to Witch Mountain, and Race to Witch Mountain, is stopping in this week to discuss her memorable role in this classic Disney franchise live-action film, her upcoming work including being part of The Real Housewives of Beverly Hills. In addition, we have some Disney Blu-ray and entertainment news for you, a winner for the Disney On Demand Blu-ray giveaway, and a look back at the Witch Mountain series. So before we jet off into outer space, I do want to mention that Disney On Demand is brought to you by DisneyBlue.net, where you can get all the latest Blu-ray releases, Disney On Demand podcasts, and listen to our world-famous Listen to a Disney Movie Player found right there on the homepage exclusively at DisneyBlue.net. And Disney On Demand is also brought to you by SR Sounds, where you log on and leave it on at SRSounds.com. And SR Sounds is probably sponsored by Magical Journeys Travel, where you can book your next flight to a mission to Mars, as well as stay at one of the Disney resorts, and you can book that at YourMagicalJourneys.com. So, Disney fans, without further ado, let's rock it off into this week's Disney On Demand. Log on, leave it on. Sorcerer Radio, SRSounds.com. Da 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 da
Disney on demand. Woody's Roundup, right here every day. Woody's Roundup, come on, it's time to play. There's Jesse the Oatland Cowgirl. Bullseye, he's Woody's horse. He's a smart Pete the old prospector And Woody the man himself Of course it's time for Woody's Roundup He's the very best He's the rootin'est, tootin'est cowboy In the wild, wild west Kids that were some kind of freaks or witches. I know, dear. We lost all of our friends until we quit doing all the spooky stuff. You should have let Chuck beat up on you. Are you kidding? He's got five inches and fifty pounds on me. And you should have made it look like he was holding. I suppose. Tony, do you hear the dogs? No. How far? Oh, about 20 miles. Big dogs. Six or seven. Yeah. I can hear them now. That's awful far. Even for us. Why are we hearing them, Tony? I think it means that we're going to see them someday. Sorcerer Radio, all Disney music, all Disney music, all day long. SRSounds.com. Supercalifragilisticexpialidocious. Even though the sound of it is something quite atrocious. If you say it loud enough, you'll always sound precocious. Supercalifragilisticexpialidocious. Um diddle 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 um diddle eight. Um diddle 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 um diddle eight. Because he was afraid to speak when he was just a lad. 
His father gave his nose a tweak and told him he was bad. But then one day he learned a word that saved his aching nose. The biggest word you ever heard, and this is how it goes. Supercalifragilisticexpialidocious Even though the sound of it is something quite atrocious If you say it loud enough, you'll always sound precocious Supercalifragilisticexpialidocious Um diddle 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 um diddle a Um diddle 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 um diddle a Now when the cat has got your tongue, there's no need for dismay Just summon up this word and then you've got a lot to say But better use it carefully, or it can change your life One night I said it to my girl, and now my girl's my wife Supercalifragilisticexpialidocious Even though the sound of it is something quite atrocious If you say it loud enough, you'll always sound precocious Supercalifragilisticexpialidocious Um diddle 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 Supercalifragilisticexpialidocious Hi everybody, this is Pat Carroll. I am so glad you're listening to Disney on Demand. And as Ursula would say, Life's full of tough choices. In it. <laughs> Don't forget, keep listening to Disney on Demand. All right, Disney fans, so this week we have some Disney entertainment news for you. And to begin with Disney Pixar's Toy Story 3. Now, Toy Story 3 has been getting rave reviews from many of the critics and fans as well, and most commenting on how this is almost one of the best in the Toy Story franchise. And with that said, it is shown at the box office itself, because Disney Pixar's Toy Story 3 made $110 million in its opening weekend, and now in its second week has made a grand total so far of $226 0.6 million dollars after being at the box office for just two weeks. So the film is gaining more and more steam, kicking any other movie out of its path. Whether you're Adam Sandler, whether you are any of the new movies that are hitting the big screen, including Tom Cruise, Toy Story is beating you out. And this story itself is set when Andy is leaving for college and the toys get misplaced into a trash pile. From there, wait, never mind. I'm not even going to continue with that. Let's just, I don't want to spoil it for you. Just enjoy the film, and I'll talk more about it after it's been in theaters for quite some time. So you know what? I'm just going to tell you, go ahead and go see it. Toy Story 3 is an awesome film. Now for your pets. And Disney is opening a luxury resort at Walt Disney World for your pets. Yes, a new luxury resort is opening at Walt Disney World Resort in Florida. And it's going to have air-conditioned suites, televisions, a water park, and the resort is a bit different. It's for your dogs and cats. Yes, you heard me right. The new Best Friends Pet Care Resort has more than 50,000 square feet of indoor and outdoor space with runs, play areas, and room to accommodate up to 270 dogs and 30 cats overnight, as well as pocket pets like hamsters, guinea pigs, rabbits, and ferrets. But for animals who enjoy their creature comforts, it also offers four VIP suites with televisions, raised bedding, a private outdoor yard, and 1,300 square feet for canines only, water park, a grooming salon, 
in orthopedic bedding and treats such as ice cream and tuna on a cracker. Yes, you heard me right. This is just going overboard, seriously. And as they put it in their statement, our goal is to ensure that pets staying with us have fun, action-packed vacations, just as their families are having vacationing at Walt Disney World. Now, the Best Friends Care, Inc. was founded in 1991 and runs more than 40 pet care centers in 18 U.S. states, as well as five boarding kennels at the Walt Disney World Resort. Now, all those boarding kennels are going to be phased out within the opening of the new pet resort. I'm not sure if I'm ready to give my dog a vacation like that. I know my dog is family. I love my dog. It's even named after a Disney character, Lady. And we also have our cats and everything else, but you know what? I think pushing a pet resort is taking it a bit too far. Anyways, let's move into some entertainment news this week, and let's give you the upcoming DVD and Blu-ray releases. Now, I won't bore you with the ones I've mentioned recently, but the new ones on the roster is the Disney Mickey Mouse Clubhouse, Road Rally DVD. Now you can rev up the fun with Road Race and Mickey and all of your clubhouse pals in a full-length adventure that'll have you moving, grooving all the way to the finish line. As they put it, you can join the gang on a wild ride through Mickey Park, the desert, Mistletoe Mountain, and the jungle. And along the way, you're going to help pick the right mouse tools to find the Mickey markers that will unlock the special surprises. You can share excitement when Toodles and Goofy team up to rescue Piston Pete. And there's laughter and fast-paced fun around every corner in Mickey's Road Rally. Now that's the box description there. I know my kids love Mickey Mouse Clubhouse. And it includes never-before-seen episodes. Includes Pluto Lends a Paw, all kinds of new songs, and it even has a discovery mode. It's a fun interactive feature which provides three fun ways to watch and play using a remote control. There's mode one, which is ages two to three years old. As you watch, you use a remote to answer questions about colors, shapes, and sizes. Then there's discovery mode two, ages four to six, where you can move to a higher level, more challenging questions using the remote as well, or you can just use the fast play, watch and enjoy without using the remote at all. Now this is hitting the shelves for that younger Disney fan in your life, September 7th. And you can watch for this one as it hits the shelves. Now what about those older Disney files under your roof as well? And those can enjoy Camp Rock 2, the final jam. And that's hitting shelves the same day as well for the Mickey Mouse Clubhouse. Now the second and final film in the series that was hoping to be as big as High School Musical is airing on the Disney Channel very soon with the Jonases and Demi Lovato and all those people that the the, te- the tween, the teen within your household is really going to love. But it's going to be hitting DVD and Blu-ray on September 7th as well and it's a great look back for them. They can enjoy their summer and they can kick it into fall as they get ready to go back to school. So Disney fans, that's pretty much it in terms of DVDs, Blu-ray and news this week. So this week I'm going to give you the winner of the Disney On Demand Blu-ray giveaway. And this week's winner is Thomas Lanning. Congratulations, and we'll contact you once the show is completed this week. And if you want to find out how you can enter and win for the Disney Blu-ray contest, all you need to do is friend us on Facebook, where we post that as well on Facebook.com slash Disney Blue. All right, Disney fans, as we draw closer to Kim Richards stopping in here at the show in a couple minutes, let's swing back into some Disney tunes, some bites, and get ready to jet into outer space with Kim Richards shortly. Be right back, all you Disney fans. Sorcerer Radio, all Disney music, all Disney music, all day long. SRSounds.com. If their loves on skids, treat your folks like kids. Are your family trees gonna snap? So to make them dig, first you gotta rig. Uh, what do you gotta rig? 
the parent trap. If they lose that zing and they just won't swing, then the problem falls in your lap. When your folks are square, then you must prepare. What do you gotta prepare? The parent trap. To set the bait, recreate the date. The first time Cupid shot 'em. Get 'em under the moon, play their favorite tune. John Marshall, you gotta lead 'em back to love with the velvet glove. 'Cause they're much too old for the strap. Straighten out their mess with togetherness. Togetherness, the parent trap. Disney Blues, Disney on demand. Ooh, I thought you were dead. With your host Jonathan Johnson. What? My dad gave it to me. It shows exactly where we are on the planet. Boop 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 boop. Was this baby? We'll never be lost. On Sorcerer Radio, SRSounds.com. You just tell the man you want to go back to your mother. Thank you very much, Mrs. Grindley. I'll see you out, Mr. Duranian. Now, children, don't forget your coats. You have any feelings about this, Mr. Geranium? Only that he isn't our uncle. Must we leave, Tony? That's what these papers mean. We haven't got a choice. So this is your long-lost family. Well, you've a very beautiful niece, Turanian, and the most attractive nephew. You're Tony, and you are Tia. Here, our favorite flavors: vanilla and strawberry. Thank you. You're welcome. Now, after that long drive, I'm sure you youngsters like to see your new quarters. Come with me.
completed, Tony. There's more? Oh, yes. We haven't had time yet to install the carousel or the gymnasium. The old tennis court is being resurfaced. And you can start your riding lessons first thing in the morning. Oh, wow. We love horses. Oh, I forgot. Winky's private quarters.
there's only one explanation that those two kids are witches and they're from Witch Mountain. I want every available townsman to arm themselves and we'll divvy up into hunting groups. Hey, Sheriff, what you gonna do? Chase them all the way to Witch Mountain or what? But we'll stop them before they get there. Now you listen close and I'll give you the areas to cover. Hey, this is Chase in Hampton, originally from the new Mickey Mouse Club. You might remember the party. This is Disney On Demand. All right, I'm back, and Kim Richards from Escape to Witch Mountain is going to be stopping in very soon. So in preparation for her arrival, let's go back to 1975, where it all started and the Escape to Witch Mountain classic Disney live-action franchise kicked off. Now, Escape to Witch Mountain is a science fiction novel that was written by Alexander Key in 1968, and it was adapted into a film of the same name by the Walt Disney Pictures in 1975, directed by John Hugh. There was also a sequel in 1978, a made-for-TV television pilot, and also Race to Witch Mountain, the remake in 1995. Now let's start off with the novel. The novel was written by Alexander Key, and it's about two orphan siblings, Tony and Tia, who have moderate paranormal abilities. Tony possesses the ability of telekinesis, which he can access readily through playing music, particularly his harmonica. Now Tia's powers include the ability to unlock any door by touch and communicate with animals. Tony can transmit messages only normally, but Tia can transit messages to Tony via ultrasonic speech audible only to Tony and others of their kind. Now, after their foster guardian, Miss Malone, dies, they are placed into social services in a juvenile detention home under grim, unwholesome conditions where Tia befriends a black cat named Winky. Now, both have all kinds of memories of their past, but they discover a clue to an old road map hidden in Tia's star box. It's a leather purse-like box that has a double star design on it. And when a man claiming to be the brother of their deceased father shows up, they know that things aren't the best that they seem. With the assistance of an inner-city priest named Father O'Day, the pair run away, following the map's route, leading them towards Blue Ridge Mountains. As their memories begin to return, they realize that they are actually extraterrestrial origin. Their people have come to Earth because their own planet was dying. And through a series of hardships, Tony and Tia find their way to their own people. When their would-be captor Lucas attempts to interrogate Father O'Day, the priest speaks of the effect of God and how God is capable of creating many worlds and many peoples and that there are mysteries far beyond narrow dreaming. Now the book is brilliant and fun. I read it several times after I originally saw the movie. When I found out it was based on a novel, I went ahead and read this novel. Definitely interesting and entirely different than the movies itself. Now you're wondering, how is this in relation to the Disney movie? Well, let's talk about the Disney movie. In 1975, Walt Disney Pictures released a film based on the novel, also entitled Escape to Witch Mountain. And in this film, Tony and Tia were played by Ike Eisman and also Kim Richards. Now Lucas was played by Donald Pleasance, best known for his role in the Halloween movie franchise, and the children's uncle who they believe had drowned long, long ago in an accident by Denver Pyle. Now the film replaces the inner city priest of Father O'Day with Jason O'Day, played by Eddie Albert. He's a widower traveling in an RV who helps Tony and Tia escape their pursuers. Now Tia is able to speak out loud in this film, not just mentally to Tony, but a new major character in the film who is not in the novel is the millionaire Aristotle Bolt, and he is Lucas's employer who wants to obtain the children's powers. 
Now, the film was one of Disney's most successful live-action films of the time, and the film was followed by two sequels, the theatrically released Return to Witch Mountain in 1978 and a 60-minute television pilot, Beyond Witch Mountain, in 1982. Now, director Hugh returned for Return to Witch Mountain, as did Eisman, Richard, and Pyle, but there were new villains in the sequel, Letha, played by Betty Davis, and Dr. Victor Gannon by Christopher Lee. Also, awesome actors then and now. And they took the place of both Bolt and Lucas. Now, moving into that sequel in 1978, it was the sequel called Return to Witch Mountain. Now, having spent a good deal of time enjoying the company of their newfound family and friends at Witch Mountain, the intensely studying and practicing their supernatural powers, it is decided that Tony and Tia deserve a vacation in Los Angeles, and they drop by their uncle once again, and he drops them off in their flying saucer in the Rose Bowl Stadium, after which they quickly become separated from each other. And Dr. Gannon and Letha happen to see Tony using his powers, kidnap him, and successfully test the doctor's new mind-control technology on him. With Tony at his robotic bidding, Dr. Gannon hopes to achieve recognition with the scientific community and worldwide power, while Letha merely wants to return on her investment. Now, Tia must find Tony and foil the villain's plan. Fortunately, a group of would-be toughs called the Earthquake Gang, yes, the Earthquake Gang, and the helpless truant officer, Mr. Yokomoto, who they also call Yo-Yo, come to her aid. Now, both films were fantastic films, and that's going to leave you to the now obscure yet treasured, if you're one of the few that have this like myself, Beyond Witch Mountain from 1982. Now, it is the second sequel to the Escape to Witch Mountain franchise, and the only person to return was Eddie Albert as Jason O'Day from the original movie. The parts of Tony and Tia were recast by other actors that were comparable in age to Ike and Kim when they first played their parts back in 1975. Now, the other parts of Aristotle, Lucas, and Uncle were also recast. Now, it was originally intended to be a pilot for a television series, but there were no networks that thought the viewers would take the show seriously, so the second episode and previous episodes to make a season were never made. Now, the film is rarely shown on Disney Channel or any other station, and it has never been released on home video, DVD, you name it. It is a rare one to own. Now, the film also contradicts the 1978 sequel, Return to Witch Mountain. It goes completely back just to the 1975 film. Now, also, a little tidbit here is Tracy Gold played Tia, yes, from Growing Pains. She was playing the part of Tia in Beyond Witch Mountain. Now, in 1995, there was a remake, Escape to Witch Mountain. Now, this was very, very loosely based with Eric Von Detten playing the role of Tony, and it was very, very loosely based. Simple, made-for-TV movie. But let's jump ahead 30 years at the original events of 1975's Escape to Witch Mountain, Race to Witch Mountain, hit the theaters. The film was directed by Andy Fickman and stars Dwayne Johnson, Anna Sophia Robb, Alexander Lewig, and also co-stars Kim Richards and Ike Eisman, who also had small cameo roles in the film. Now, filming began back in March of 2008, and Race to Witch Mountain was released on March 13, 2009. Now, in the new film, the kids' names are changed. They are now Seth and Sarah. They crashed UFO into Earth, looking for an experiment their parents left on Earth to research their own dying planet. Now, Sarah can move things with her mind and read minds as well, and Seth can go through solid objects as well and resist high levels of impacts, getting hit by a van and changing his molecular construction. Now, overall, the Witch Mountain series has been a cult classic for Disney and continues to be a fan favorite. If you have not watched these films, take the time to rent them all, enjoy them, and also enjoy some good old-fashioned 
Disney live action fun. I, for one, plan to introduce them to my kids when they get old enough, and I know you need to pass it down. Like I said before, you need to pass down the magic in the memories. So, Disney fans, with that, I think we are ready for Tia to make her arrival. And Kim Richards is on the phone waiting to talk with all of us. So enjoy some Disney tunes, some bits, and all kinds of fun. And when I return, we're going to have the one and only Tia, Kim Richards, here on the show. Be right back, Disney fans, and prepare to escape to Witch Mountain. Sorcerer Radio. All Disney music, all day long. SRSounds.com. Many of survivors from another galaxy forced to leave their world and settle here on Earth. The beings there possess powers as yet unknown to men of our planet. They have the ability to levitate matter. To communicate with Earth's creatures. And to see into the future. Their only comrade on Earth, Jason O'Day. This is the saga of two members who have chosen to leave the colony in search of other survivors. They are compelled to venture beyond Witch Mountain. After all, it's a step in the right direction. It's a step in the right direction after all. After all, it's a step in the right direction. It's a step in the right direction after all. When a baby spider tries to trap a fly, oftentimes the silken thread will come awry. Though a tangled web is all that he can claim, it's a step in the right direction all the same. All the same, it's a step in the right direction. It's a step in the right direction all the same. All the same, it's a step in the right direction. It's a step in the right direction all the same. When a little sparrow wants to leave the nest, first he has to put his feathers to the test. Tumbling from a treetop can't be called success. But it's a step in the right direction nonetheless. Nonetheless, it's a step in the right direction. It's a step in the right direction nonetheless. Nonetheless, it's a step in the right direction. It's a step in the right direction nonetheless. Watch the tiny tortoise inching up a hill. It may seem to you he's merely standing still. Though the steps he takes are infinitely small, they're a step in the right direction after all. On Demand with Jonathan Johnson. Dibs. On Sorcerer Radio. Okay, I'm convinced. SRSounds.com. Now 
do you do with shake hands? Shake hands, shake hands. How do you do with shake hands? State your name and business. That's manners. should get out here and wait. Sorcerer Radio. All Disney music. All Disney music. All day long. SRSounds.com How does she know you love her? How does she know she's yours? How does she know that you love her? How do you show her you love her? How does she know that you really, really, truly love her? How does she know that you love her? How do you show her you love her? How does she know that you really, really, truly love her? It's not enough to take the one you love for granted. You must remind her or she'll be inclined to
Galactic powers. He's dangerous. Once I have control of his brain, Letha, he will only be dangerous to others. She's his equally far-out sister. They find themselves pitted against each other when they return from Witch Mountain. That minibus is following us. I command you to place obstacles in its path. She counteracts everything that Tony does. To molecular mobilization. Call it molecular mobilization, mental telepathy, or intergalactic energization. This fantastic force comes down to earth in a new mind-boggling movie. Walt Disney Productions return from Witch Mountain. In ten minutes, this place is going to be a hole in the ground. Let's be reasonable. I do not compromise. Why are you using your powers against me? It can move you to the edge of your seat. Walt Disney Productions return. From Witch Mountain. It's Disney Blues. Disney On Demand. You hear that? It's the winds of change. Here's your host, Jonathan Johnson. All right, all you Disney fans, we are back once again with another installment of Disney On Demand. And with us here this week, we have the one and only Kim Richards, sex symbol to many boys growing up, a poster child. You've seen her in Escape to Witch Mountain, Return to Witch Mountain, uh, Meatballs to a variety of different films. Welcome to Disney On Demand, Kim. Well, thank you so much for having me. Hi, everyone. Uh, it's our pleasure having you on. You know, who couldn't want to have the one and only Kim Richards? You know, the poster child that I know a lot of people just, uh, you know, went to bed looking at that poster every single night, right? <laughs> I'm so flattered. <laughs> thank you. <laughs> well, you know, uh, you know, a lot of our Disney fans here, they, uh, they know you exclusively from, uh, you know, Escape to Witch Mountain, Return to Witch Mountain, that entire franchise. But uh, why don't we get into first, how did you get started in acting? How did, uh, you know, you come down this road and this path? You know, I, my mom, she went to the American Academy of Dramatic Arts and wanted to be an actress. And it was like her big dream. And then she ended up um, having my sister Kathy, um, my sister Kathy Hilton, very young. And Kathy was just one of these, like, beautiful, beautiful babies. And she used to sit in the park with her all day long. And people used to stop and say, oh, she's so beautiful, and you should do something with her. And so I, my sister started doing print work. And my mom was doing something with my sister, Kathy, and they walked by. At that point, she had had me a few years later, and they'd walk by and saw me, you know, bouncing around in the corner with tons of energy that never stops and said, by the way, what about her? Can, does she do anything? And my mom said, no, she's only six months old. She hasn't, we haven't done anything with her yet. <laughs> And they said, well, if you can get her to, because I was actually walking at six months, 
and they said, we're doing a carpet commercial tomorrow, and if you can get her to crawl, then we want her for the commercial. So my mom said, well, actually, you know, she's never crawled. She actually stood up and walked right away. But, you know, I'll tell you what, we'll, we'll give it a shot. We'll go home. And she said they went home, and everybody was on the floor trying to make me crawl. And she came back the next morning and said, no go. She just, we can't get her on her hands and knees. She likes to be standing up. She likes to go. So um, that's kind of how it started. They said, fine, we'll take her anyway. And I did my first commercial. It was a carpet commercial, and we went from there. <laughs> you know, and, and I guess that was the uh, humble beginnings, and you've stayed true to it uh, ever since. You know, you've continued acting and moved right into a lot of different roles. And, of course, uh, the one that I know the Disney fans are going to want me to tackle right away, so mine as well, is, uh, you know, the, the two films, the uh, cult classics, Escape to Witch Mountain and Return to Witch Mountain. Um, how did you actually land those roles? Uh, how did, you know, were you selected? Did you have to go through a cattle call? Um, you know, how did you go through that process? You know, it's funny. I don't actually recall how I how I stumbled upon Disney or how they stumbled upon me. I, I, I believe that I think with Escape Twitch Mountain, it might have come down to a couple of us. It might have been, I, I'm not sure, I won't name people. But, um, and I, I don't exactly recall, but I think Escape was the first big, big Disney role where after, after Escape Twitch Mountain, they did sign me to contract and put me on a uh, three-year contract, which I was the only person to be under contract to Disney since Haley Mills when she was 10 years old, which was my age. So I don't really recall because I was young at that point, but I think I might have screen tested. I'm not exactly sure, um, but went in on the roll and, and, and got it and, and had fun doing it. I'll tell you, it was probably one of the most fun films I've ever done. I've never forgotten it. Well, in the film itself, I mean, you know, the cast and the crew, and you go back and you watch this film, it really seems like there is this sense of just, uh, you know, a good time, having fun, a family, and just uh, a really great atmosphere. And I, I guess, you know, at your age at the time, and a lot of the big special effects they were doing, it had to be a fun time on the set. Well, it wasn't even just on the set. I mean, if you see the set, the one room with all the puppets and, the, and you know, every child's dream room with the, the uh, just... It was amazing, the ice cream stand in the room. And just, I mean, those kind of things were just wonderful. But some of the experiences I had, we were filming up in Carmel for a while, um, living in a hotel overlooking the beach. Um, we, I worked with bears, and, and yeah, just, it was an awesome experience. My director was amazing, John Huff. And, you know, we got to work at an orphanage where there were tons of other kids where I had an experience to meet and, and kind of, experience what their life was like so and we had a lot a lot of fun making that film now when you go back and look back at the film now uh, it does it bring back all those fond memories of course and have you uh, passed it down to to your children as well and have they sat down and actually watched you in action actually when i think about making the film i do it's funny i i do have a similar excitement of feeling that i don't get when i talk about every film i do remember you know, running up the driveway as we're running away on the horse and, and then, you know, trying to get to <laughs> Thunderbolt and, or, and Thunderhead and, and the dogs were chasing us and I was terrified of the dogs even though I knew the dogs and the trainers and we had done this, you know, a few times. I remember just the fear and the thrill of running up the driveway and then, you know, flying. What child doesn't want to fly, you know? Um, so I do remember the feeling and the excitement today. Like, you know, I, I do. I feel it today. Like, I don't remember that on every film like I do with Escape Twitch Mountain. 
Now, I guess speaking of that excitement, too, are, are you amazed sometimes when you go back and uh, it has such a cult following? I mean, within the Disney community and Disney fan bases, um, you know, you have your own cult following, one, for Kim Richards, and two, for Escape to Witch Mountain. I mean, they have this huge following. I mean, um, is that one of those things where it just amazes you now that even today people just, they love that film, they embrace it, and they love you and your entire career? It's so it's so flattering, and and you know I feel honored with my fans. It's I I don't think anybody expected when Escape to Witch Mountain was made that it would be what it is today. I mean it's still as you know I get people every day that stop me and say, oh my gosh, we love you, and you know it's just Tia, you know they don't just remember me as you know Kim Richards from the show or that show. They remember me from those. Hold on, sorry. Um, they remember me from the different shows that I've done. They, but they really, they'll say, "Oh my gosh, I, you know, you with Tia and, and flying." And they remember the the Winnebago upside down. And and then, like like you said, there are the people that specifically really zone in on Witch Mountain. And then there's the people that just say, "You know, I should remember you on like Nanny Nut Professor, and you were only four, and then." And they kind of hit like all the different little spots, and people do feel like they grew up with me because they did. I was only four on Nanny, and then you know as I moved up and started doing you know different television shows, here we go again, Hello Larry, James at fifteen, and and the different Disney movies. People actually saw me in their homes and on the screens, where I think people get a very personal sense of, oh my gosh, there she is again. I know her, <laughs> you know. Right, you know, you definitely have an appearance and a presence where uh, everything you've been in, you, you recall you right away instantly. And like you said, I mean, you were in a variety of different things, and uh, the Whiz Kid, uh, No Deposit, No Return. Um, you know, you had appearances on tons of different television shows uh, that were hits all throughout the '80s. Different Strokes, Love Boat, Little House on the Prairie. I mean, so you were pretty much everywhere all the time. And uh, I guess, like you said, people feel like they grew up with you because they were growing up side by side along with you, and kind of feel like they know you. Yes, I, and and I think that that is true. I mean, they and they don't know, like like I said, sometimes it's Prudence or sometimes it's Tia, or sometimes it's just gosh, I just watched you always, and it it is. It's it's been an amazing experience for me, and I truly, I mean, honestly, there was one year, I think it was right after my mother passed away, that it was my birthday, and nobody remembered it, and the doorbell rang, and I don't even know how how anybody found me because I really had retired with my kids and moved away and I it was a big box and I said where what is this and I opened it up and they were actually somebody one of them my old managers or agents or somebody had found a way to get these to me they were birthday cards to me happy birthday camp you know we love you and it was one after the other and I just thought oh my gosh this is the most amazing experience you know I, I have people that I, I feel really love me, and I, I did do um, what's called one of those autograph shows where I went to see, it was kind of a fluke that I did it, and to meet and see all these people and, and have them just like, you know, I haven't seen you in so long, and where have you been, and why did you leave us, and when are you coming back? It was, it was <laughs> really exciting. I, I, I'm sure that that had to be uh, at least just uh, a really good feeling, knowing that these people are lining up to meet you at one of those autograph signings. Just, uh, you know, you're going into it saying, all right, I don't know what to expect. And then you have people upon people. And I'm sure uh, some 
very memorable people, I'm sure, that uh, we won't touch upon those stories that probably are, are uh, you know, definitely unique in their own way and uh, just to feel that love and that appreciation for all of your work. Yeah, and I think that also, you know, one of the things that I think I've been able to accomplish or that, I, that I've been blessed with is that I've been able, I've worked with some of the greatest actors in, in the world, Betty Davis, David Niven, Donald Pleasant, um, Eddie Albert. These are people that are amazing that aren't here today, Ray Milland, these are people that are so incredible to, to TV, to, you know, our industry, and, you know, people, not everybody gets that opportunity to say, oh, I, I've worked with them, Don Knotts, <laughs> Larry Hagman, <laughs> I mean, I've worked with some amazing, amazing people, McLean Stevenson, you know, just really, I've been really, really blessed. Now, I guess, uh, speaking of being blessed and all of your fans, I know a lot of fans were upset when they found out that, uh, you know, Escape to Witch Mountain was being remade. It, it, it was getting rebooted with The Rock and whatnot. And uh, I have to say right away, the minute I saw you in there, I noticed the cameo instantly, you know, and uh, uh, I thought it was great. But how did you feel about them coming back and revisiting it and remaking the film? Um, you know, was it something that you were you're excited to see just knowing that the story could be passed down to a newer generation of children? Well, I think actually, I, over the years, every time I, you know, I see a fan, they'd ask, you know, is there going to be another one? Do you think they'd do another one? So I, I kind of think I hoped that one day there would always be another one. And when they decided to do that, um, Andy Fickman, the director, contacted me immediately, and it was right after I had been out of, I'd been in retirement, and I'd done a, a part in. Um, Black Snake Moan with Samuel Jackson and Christina Ricci and uh, Andy Fickman called and well, actually my niece Paris Paris called my niece gave me she called my my niece Paris called and she said by the way I have a friend who's doing a four picture deal with Disney and I said um, who who is this and she said his name is Andy Fickman anyway he wants to talk to you because of course he wouldn't want to make remake the film without you so. I thought it was kind of interesting. Anyway, long story short, I ended up talking to Andy. I went over and met over at Disney, and we had all kinds of ideas. At first, it was, you know, he said, maybe we should have you, like, hovering over in a, in a, in a UFO. Um, maybe you're with the kids. Maybe, you know, we were, he was trying to figure out. I kind of watched him. They, he was given a script, and then he was trying to make it work for him. He was a fan of Escape to Witch Mountain and Return to Witch Mountain. He's a just fan of mine and I love him to pieces and always will from now on ever after this and um, I was so excited about it um, but we didn't really know where and how I would fit in and then we found Ike and so then that became a whole different process so it was exciting and I, I thought that the fans would be excited I didn't realize that some of them were disappointed <laughs> well, I don't think they were disappointed that you were in the film. I think you really get those those diehard fans that just don't want to see any film, you know, continue or get remade because it holds that special place in their heart growing up. And I think that's really where some of the fans got upset. Like, I myself, I was excited for it. With today's technology and what could be done, I thought, all right, this is going to be really good. And then when I saw both of you have cameos in the film, I'm like, all right, that's just great. You know, I was just like, okay, that's a good homage for anybody that is a fan of the original, too. Yeah, and, and I think it's my first day. They had already started working, and I walked onto the set. I mean, this is after we'd gone over the script and you know kind of figured out where we'd kind of place me and and whatnot. And I walked onto the set the first day, and they were in the middle of filming. And I 
I guess Andy stopped everything, and he said, you know, I met Dwayne, um, The Rock, and um, who was amazing. And he's like, I did not expect, you know, I've seen the original, but I had no idea what you look like today. Wow. He was, like, really, <laughs> really nice and, like, made me feel really good. And then um, Andy Fickman, the first day of work, stood up on, on the set and said, I don't want to take away from anybody here, but I want you all to know that you are all here for one reason today. And that's because somebody did it right the first time. So everybody, give it up, Kim Richards. And I felt amazingly flattered. That is definitely something that uh, speaks volumes when it comes to the person that's, you know, creating this film, organizing the film, really, you know, showing the the honor to you in the original. And I think that uh, that really shows a lot of respect for everything that you put into it, too. Uh, I think it really does set the tone and the pace for the rest of the filming, if I'm correct. Oh, I, I felt like that every day, and, and I can't tell you that there wasn't a day on the set that people, that everybody, including, there were some people that were even from original um, Disney films that I had done that were still working, they're like, do you remember me? I was on, I did, I'm like, oh my gosh, I was so young, but I do remember your face, and I think that every day I had a feeling where people would come up and just say, I can't thank you enough for, um, for, for this, I mean, we're all here today because of you know what you did and you know I got I got that feeling every day that I went to work on, on Race to Witch Mountain and I hope the fans enjoyed it because I had a, an amazing time filming it and I I just I loved everybody I, honestly there's not a better um, better studio to work with Disney is like a home it's not even like a studio you, everybody becomes a family and it, it's it's not, it's not a joke. I mean, literally, you walk out of the stage, and there's, like, squirrels that'll eat out of your hand. It's, like, right out of a cartoon. <laughs> it's real. It's, Disney's real. Uh, so you have uh, you have Princess Kim walking out of the studio with the animals and the squirrels coming <laughs> up to you, and, uh, you know, you're just sitting down. <laughs> I can imagine uh, seeing that with the little Disney aura around you, right? It's, it's beautiful there. And, I, <laughs> and so many memories came back to me, you know, after, you know, 17 Disney films. And I... Literally, we had that little red schoolhouse on the on the lot. It was this little red, like, like not motorhome, but camper thing. And that's where we schooled. And, you know, I was looking for that. I said, where did they put it? And they're like, that's not here anymore. I was like, oh, well, at least the animals are still. I still saw the squirrels. The nurse's station had been moved. The original theater was in its place. There were some things that were there, but Disney has definitely grown into an amazingly huge huge thing here. Now, uh, you know, with, uh, I guess, the mountain movies, of course, uh, like you said, you've continued to act, and you were in Black Snake Moan with uh, Christina Ricci, uh, things like that. Uh, are you really selective with the roles that you have chosen afterwards, later on in your career? Like you said, you retired for a little bit uh, to raise your family. Might I add, I really commend you for that, uh, you know, because family is very important. But, uh, you know, it's one of those things where are you very selective with your roles in terms of, you know, the kind of roles you want to take? Well, you know, I, 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 I am. I actually was in complete retirement, and there were scripts that came along my way over all the years, which I, once again, was very lucky and, and, and grateful for, but I just didn't want to be, you know, I wanted to stay a, a good parent and be at home with my kids. And then I kind of felt like they were at a point in their life. My, right before my mom passed away, she just she said to me, you know, please, can you do one more film for me? Just do one more movie. And I thought, mm, I'm just not ready, Mom, I'm sorry. And then, my, you know, after my mom passed away, my kids were getting a little older, and I got this phone call, and it was actually from my sister's manager, and she said, I, um, 
John Singleton's looking for you. And I, I said, John Singleton. And I know that name, John Singleton. <laughs> and my sister was on like a three-way, and they started laughing, like, you don't know who John I said, no, I know, I know who he is. I do. <laughs> and they said, well, apparently... Um, they've done a, they've written, they've got a film and it's the Samuel Jackson, Christina Ricci, and they, you know, the director, he, he wrote the script and he's directing it and he wrote this part and he envisioned you and he, and he wants only you. And I said, really? I feel so flattered. And so I really don't think at that point I thought about it so many times about going back to work, but it really took, um, it really took that film and me going in to meet with everybody, um, once I read the script, I'd never done such a... I did one small role on the same level, which was Assault on Precinct 13, which was John Carpenter's first film. And this was the second probably smallest role I'd ever taken. But like you said, I, I do believe I take certain roles. Um, I, I liked the film. I thought it had amazing people, actors. And I, I really... And I loved the character. I thought, you know, it describes... I, I, I consider myself tiny but mighty, and this, this, it was very difficult for me. I think that's why I took it on, because I, I love my kids so much, and to see this mother, the way she was with her child, I thought this is something I really want to I want to attack. I want to do it. It's, it's a tiny but mighty role, not too big. It's my first thing back in a while, and I wanted to do something that could really just um, challenge me. And and so I think that's what it that's what I've chosen always is to take films that I can make something make people laugh or make people cry and really hit the core of of whoever's watching what I do my work. And you know, in a role like that in Black Saint Moan, it's one of those where, like you said, if you feel close to it. Um, it's really going to come across in the performance, and uh, you know, as everybody can see, you know, uh, I, one of course I do have to say, same as everybody has told you, you've aged wonderfully. I still think you're gorgeous. Thank you. And uh, you know, what are you up to now? I mean, you're continuing now. You're getting back into into acting, and uh, I guess uh, is there anything that you're currently working on that you can share with any of our Disney listeners? Well, I can tell you this: my sister and I were talking just yesterday. And I told her, you know, it kind of was, I've been on the fence about actually going back to work full-time. I have a new water bottle company out called um, H208, and I'm working on my jewelry line, which is almost ready to be out there for everybody. So I've been really busy between my kids and working on my water bottles, which go to charity for, you know, cancer and AIDS, and, and you can look them up. You'll see them. It's a lot of work. Um, but I was really thinking, like, maybe I wouldn't be ready. Maybe this isn't the time for me to go back to work. And then I heard that my sister, Kyle, went out on, you know, to meet with some producers on a, on a, on a part. And I thought, wait a minute. Hmm. This is really what I do. This is really what I love to do. And so I, told my, I called my manager, and I said, I'll tell you what. Find me something good. Find me something that moves me, that, that I can feel, and that I can make people really feel me become this character. Challenge me. Give me something great. And she said, are you serious? You're going to do this? And then my sister said, I didn't even know you'd taken a step back. I thought you were, I said, well, I really just, I got a little sidetracked with my other, my jewelry and my water bottle. But just yesterday or day before, I said, take it away. Bring me a couple of good things and let me look at them. And, um. And I'm ready. I, I, love, I love entertaining. I love making people, you know, feel. 
you know, and I think, uh, you know, by that statement, I have to say that mm. I, I can only guess that we're going to see a lot more of you then coming up very soon where it's going to uh, almost feel like the 70s and 80s again. We're going to be like, oh, there's Kim again. Oh, there's Kim again. There's Kim again. So, and we can only hope, right? Well, that's what we hope. Let's, we'll <laughs> see what happens. Well, you know, it's been our pleasure talking with you. Um, is there anything that you want to leave out there for any of our Disney On Demand listeners out there? You know, longtime fans, uh, people have been waiting to hear from you. Is there anything, one last thing that you would like to leave for any of them before you head off? You're giving me chills. I just like to say that, you know, I love Disney. I love all my fans. I love all my Disney fans. You've all been so amazing to me over the years. Um, I, my, recently, my kids have helped me get onto Facebook. I don't know how to do these things and, and Twitter. And I see all the people that write me these little things, and I try to respond. I do, I'm learning how to use the computer with Facebook and Twitter, and I just want to tell all my Disney fans out there that you're all amazing. I love you. I love you all so much. When I'm, I'm, I see you guys and I'm walking down the street and somebody comes up to me and they say, oh, you know, I love you in your film. I, like, take their hand. I've had people name their children after me. It's, I'm so honored and flattered, and I look forward to entertaining and, and making you happy, and, and thank you so much for letting me entertain you. Oh, you know, and I have to thank you, too, you know, for, you know, growing up watching those films as well. I, I have to say, you know, aside from just speaking with you now, I, I have to say I was a fan growing up as well. So it was definitely a, a, a learning experience and growing up alongside with you as well. So I have to thank you for all those memories, too. Thank you so much. Yeah, I think when I retired, my mother was devastated, like, no, don't. But I really felt once I had my daughter, Brooke, that I really couldn't put her down. And then I had a Whitney and then Chad and then Kimberly and... Now that they're all growing older, I think it, it's time for me to come on back and, and say hi again. So. Well, I think your Disney, uh, your Disney fans are definitely waiting for it, and your regular fans, I think everybody's waiting for it. So, uh, you know, Kim, it was our pleasure having you stop in. Uh, definitely a pleasure, you know, uh, talking with you, speaking with you, and I can't say I can't say it enough. I'm excited to see everything else that uh, you know that you're going to come out with, and you know, see your face start gracing the big screens once again. So it was our pleasure having you on. Well, thank you so much, and I love Disney. I love all my fans out there, and thank you so much for having me today. I really enjoyed talking with you as well. And thank you for, for all your years of being um, a dedicated fan, Jonathan. Oh, thank you.
Sorcerer Radio, srsounds.com. We'll never forget you, Jason. Would you take care of Winky? Oh, no, 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 too. Winky's your cat. No, it wouldn't be right for her to be with anybody else. It would make us happy. It sure would. And I think Winky would like it, too. Well, maybe we ought to ask Winky how she feels about that. Winky, how do you feel about going around now with a, with a, a crusty old man? <laughs> uh, look, uh, if you don't mind, I'd like to plan on uh, remembering you two as if you were my kids. The kids I never had. Well, you know, everything's gonna be a breeze. At the end, we'll no doubt justify the means. Can fix any problem with the slightest ease. Yes, please. But you might find out it'll go to your head when you write a report on a book you never read. This might be your fears, you can make your bed. On March 17, 2009, Disney Pictures released Race to Witch Mountain, the latest edition of the Witch Mountain franchise, which focuses on teenage siblings that are aliens and have special powers. The two original movies were Escape to Witch Mountain and Return from Witch Mountain, which were both released in the late 1970s. Those stories focused on two teenage siblings, Tia and Tony Malone, who were played by Kim Richards and Ike Eisenman. Race to Witch Mountain, the latest chapter in the series, features two new teenage siblings, Seth and Sarah, who come to Earth to gather scientific results from an underground experiment performed to help their planet. Conflict comes from many sources, including members of their own species who are trying to stop their experiments, as well as from the United States government who are trying to capture the extraterrestrials. An unlikely ally is on hand to help them in their quest in the form of Las Vegas taxi driver Jack Bruno, played by the former pro wrestler Dwayne The Rock Johnson. The alien siblings also enlist the help of a discredited scientist, Dr. Alex Friedman, who believes in the existence of aliens. With the help of the cab driver and the scientist, Seth and Sarah are able to get their spaceship back from the U.S. military and return to their planet to stop their race from invading Earth. Now, the Race to Witch Mountain movie is not intended for small children, so our kids really didn't watch it. However, Ray and I did rent it, and we enjoyed it. It had a plot that was very similar to the original two Witch Mountain movies, which I loved watching as a kid, as well as some modern humor. The movie is very enjoyable, and it's a good movie for Disney movie fans to watch. It's a very family-oriented movie, and very true to the originals. 
Now, our two main reviewers, our kids, really don't have an opinion, but as parents, we would give it one thumb up. You won't go wrong renting it, but we really wouldn't have purchased it. It's not anything we would see over and over again. Now, some fun facts about the movie. The original stars of the 1970s movies, Kim Richards and Ike Eisenman, both make cameo appearances in Race to Witch Mountain. During the movie, Bruno and children stop in a small town in Nevada. Richards plays the waitress in the diner, while Eisenman plays the sheriff of the town. And the movie was a box office success, bringing in $106 million overall at the theaters. The DVD and Blu-ray version was released on August 4, 2009. You can buy new editions on Amazon from $15.99 to $35.99 for new, depending on the edition you want. You can also find the two original movies on Amazon for $15.99 and $17.99. On Half.com, you can find a used copy of any of the three movies for about $5. This is Rachel Pilgrim from Mouse Travel Tips, a mouse-sized podcast packed with Disney travel tips, hoping you enjoyed our movie review. Disney On Demand.
Disney On Demand. So, Disney fans, that ends our trip to outer space on this Escape to Witch Mountain special edition of Disney On Demand. And I want to thank Kim Richards once again for stopping in and talking with all of you Disney fans out there about her memories, all of her fans, and even her upcoming series. And be sure to look out for her on The Real Housewives of Beverly Hills that is going to be showing on Bravo very soon. So definitely, definitely check it out and show your fan base to her because she truly appreciates all of you. Thank you once again to Kim Richards. Now, all of you Disney fans, I do want to mention all the different ways you can stay connected here at Disney Blue, and you can always visit us at DisneyBlue.net. That's B-L-U dot net. There you can find all the Disney On Demand podcasts, our world-famous Listen to a Movie Player, found right there on the homepage, and all kinds of fun with Blu-rays, DVDs, and more. And that's exclusively at DisneyBlue.net. Now, you can also find me all over the web on Facebook.com at Facebook.com slash DisneyBlue. You can find me on Skype at DisneyBlue. You can also find me on Twitter at Twitter.com slash DisneyBlue, on AOL Instant Messenger at RFR Podcast, or you can email me directly DisneyBlue at att.net. And you can also find me all over the message boards and forums at srsounds.com, where you log on and leave it on, and you can chit-chat, network, and listen to Disney music at srsounds.com. So, all of you Disney fans, I want to thank you once again for stopping in, tuning in to Disney On Demand, and stay tuned next week when we have another special guest from the Disney Historical Archives. So remember, have a magical week in high definition, and pass down the magic in the memories. See you next week, Disney fans. Sorcerer Radio. All Disney music. All Disney music. All day long. SRSounds.com Well, they're home now. Disney Blue presents Disney On Demand.
this step. <laughs> Whoa, pardon me. <laughs> oh, gosh. <laughs> oh, oh, excuse me, I'm sorry. <laughs> so watch out, watch out. Your host, Jonathan Johnson, on Sorcerer Radio, srsounds.com.